1: It's a Friday edition of Pro Football Talk Live, and four days after we first became aware of the Kyler Murray homework clause, people still have jokes. Pardon my take with the controller bat signal. Get in, losers. Homework clause is out. That is something we're going to be getting to today because there's even more to unpack as it relates to the Kyler Murray homework clause, which included a no distraction clause. When you're doing your homework, you can't play video games or watch TV. Now Kyler Murray is allowed to play all the video games he wants because that homework clause is indeed gone. Miles Simmons is back. Another Friday closer to death, although that's usually an afternoon ritual. Friday is Friday. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. And oh, by the way, it's 4.01 a.m. in Los Angeles. Miles, as always, I appreciate your willingness to get up way too early to join us.
0: That's the name of a different uh, NBC property, isn't it? On uh, MSNBC, I know because my mom watches it. But no, it's we probably good, have to
1: send him a dollar now. I, yeah. <laughs> I thought as I was saying it, that's another show and we're infringing. We're going to get the cease and desist letter from Jonathan Lemire any minute now.
0: Yeah, probably. No, it's good, Mike. It's fine. I just like had a little guard mishap yesterday when I was trying to trim my uh, goatee. That's why I'm a little more baby faced than usual, probably. But it's still good. Oh, yeah, man. Did- I'm, I'm happy to be here.
1: Even it out a little bit here and then even it out there, and yeah. the next thing you know, yeah. it's gone.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: That's pretty much what happened there. I was using a new trimmer. Oops.
1: <laughs> well, during our five week hiatus from PFT Live, I went into it with the full intention of growing out my own facial hair, but it doesn't Ooh. take long for me to be completely horrified by the Santa Claus look. And abandon any hope of allowing that thing to fully sprout on my face, and it's gone like that. So I did not miss more than one day of shaving, and uh, I don't have to worry about trimming a beard because there will never be a beard on my face as long as I live. Although, based upon the hairs that are coming through, it's not going to be much longer. Ergo, another Friday closer to death. Isn't it a happy tone to start the show with? Anyway... uh, there it is. Oh, there I forgot is. about that. Yes. <laughs>
0: how now forget? available
1: wherever you buy your T-shirts. And how could you not want to have a, a one week closer to death? <laughs> uh, a happy thought on a Friday. I mean, Friday is usually a happy day. Let's go ahead and balance it out. It's important to have balance. People are overly exuberant on Fridays. So this just this just pulls it back a little bit. You don't want to get too carried away because Monday is just around the corner and death isn't that far after that, frankly. All right. Um, by the way, here's a here's a hard right turn. Check out our new YouTube page. <laughs> NFL on NBC. Play the commercial, please. It's very fancy. Oh, and it's got music, Ooh. graphics. We are gradually rebuilding the subscriber base from 2.39 million, the NBC Sports YouTube page. We abandoned it and carved out a football page, started at zero, over five thousand. And it keeps cranking up higher and higher. Go subscribe to the NFL on NBC page. We got all NFL content taken away from the other NBC sports content. Off we go. And off we go here today. So video clips from today's show and every edition of PFT Live will be on the YouTube page devoted to NFL on NBC. Miles, I assume you've already subscribed.
0: I have already subscribed, and you know, I try to retweet the tweets that you put out there about this. It is a great new YouTube channel, so make sure you go out there and subscribe, everybody.
1: All right, we have now ensured that we will get our check for today's show. We can move on to the actual business at hand. And th- this one, we've already mentioned on the way in that the homework clause is gone, and how we got there. And the things that have happened since it was reportedly removed are kind of weird. Let me do the timeline real quick. Monday, we become aware of the Kyler Murray homework clause because that's the day that he signed his contract. It gets sent to the league. It gets sent to the union. And somebody who... And look, that's what makes the world go round. Somebody wanted to stir up some shit, frankly. I got to get it in today. That completes the week. Five for five. Thank you. Pshh. But somebody wanted to stir it up, sent it to me, and, yeah, it's news. I uh, How's it not right. news? It's an actual it term is. in his contract that's unprecedented. So that hits Monday, and inevitably, criticism of Kyler Murray for the perception, as held by the Cardinals, the rest of us didn't know there was an issue with study habits, It never was an issue. It never was a thing until the Cardinals put that in there. So a couple of days of criticism. Yesterday, and we're going to play the whole press conference coming up, Miles. Yesterday, Kyler Murray makes an unscheduled appearance in the media room to address the situation. But now they're telling us that they removed the homework clause on Wednesday. Right. Why is he still upset about it on Thursday? That's the thing that's still confusing to me. If, if, if it's true that it was removed on Wednesday and it could just be that's their story and they're sticking to it because, and we'll talk about this coming up. I, I think there was a very important reason as of yesterday afternoon, early evening for the Cardinals to get rid of the homework clause, which may or may not have solved the problem that they were facing. Again, we'll get into that in a minute, but the timeline's screwy to me because why would Kyler Murray miles feel compelled to go air grievances about the situation if the problem was solved on Wednesday and they took out the homework clause.
0: You're asking me now, or are we going to watch Kyler first? No,
1: I'm asking you. I'm asking you. I'm asking you the question.
0: Because he felt his character was being attacked. And, you know, I, I feel pretty empathetic toward Kyler Murray in terms of this, because if my work ethic were being attacked like that publicly, no matter who it was from, I would feel a need to defend myself. I mean, there's nothing that really gets under my skin like that. So I understand from his perspective why he felt he had to go out there and say something, whether or not the contract, you know, addendum had been removed. If you feel like everybody is talking about how bad of a studier you are and how you don't work. And how you don't really deserve anything that you've gotten, you know, whether or not that's what people were saying. I mean, that's kind of what the perception was, you know, from his perspective, is that everybody's saying, I don't do anything. I don't work. Well, then at that point, yeah, you're going to feel like I got to go out there and I got to say something and I've got to defend myself. And I, I get that from Kyler Murray.
1: What made it odd for me, though, is if the homework clause has already been removed from the contract, why isn't Cliff Kingsbury there, too? Why isn't well, there some is it, statement from the team? Why is
0: the it team? kind there? Yeah. Right.
1: Why isn't Michael Bidwell there? He's the one who wanted it. But w- why Why don't they sweep the deck clean before he even addresses it? It would have made more sense right. for yes. someone to come out and say, hey, you know what? We realized this was a mistake and we've removed it. And Kyle would like to say a few things about the criticism that he experienced, although we acknowledge that it's kind of our fault because nobody was criticizing him for anything along the lines of whether or not he studied enough until we put this clause in the contract and we apologize to him and to you for not having the foresight to realize what a mess this was going to be. So, I I I, I thought the timeline. And I'm I look again wouldn't be the first time a team lied to us. I'm not yeah. ready to. I'm, I'm not ready to say with 100% certainty that the clause was removed on Wednesday. I still think there's a chance it happened yesterday, and we'll get to that. For now, though, as promised, Kyler Murray showing up to say a few things to the collected reporters at the Cardinals press room on Thursday.
2: I'm starting off, I'm talking today because um, you know, I feel uh, it's necessary you know um with what's going on as far as regarding me and and the things that are being said about me um it's it's almost you know to think that I can accomplish everything that I've accomplished in my career um and not be a student of the game and not um not not have that passion and not not take this serious is is almost it's disrespectful and it's it's almost it's it's almost a joke you know um it's to me I'm flattered, you know. I'm, I'm honestly flattered that y'all think that at my size I can go out there and not prepare for the game and not, um, you know, not take it serious. It's, it's 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 disrespectful. I feel like to my peers, to all the to all the the great athletes and great players that are in this league. Um, this game's too hard uh, to to play the position that I play in this league. Um, it's 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 too hard, and and I don't do this often. I don't talk about myself, but today I feel like I have to. And so I'm a list of accolades. You know, to go 43-0 in high school in Texas, um, some are going to say, "Oh, it's high school. That's cool." But nobody else has done it. Um, go to college, win the Heisman, um, get drafted number one overall to the NFL. Get drafted number nine overall to MLB. Again, no one's ever done it. Um, Offensive Rookie of the Year, two-time Pro Bowler, um, and you know, I'm not I'm not six seven two two thirty. I don't throw the ball 85 yards. Um, I'm I'm already behind the eight ball, uh, and I can't you know I can't afford to take any shortcuts. No pun intended, but you know th- those are those those things you can't accomplish if you don't take the game serious, if you don't prepare the right way, and you know it, it's like I said it's, it's laughable, um, but to the to the film side of things, um, there's multiple different ways to, to you know to watch film. Um, there's many different ways to process the game. There's many different ways quarterbacks learn the game and break the game down. Uh, of course, I watch film by myself. That's that's a given. That doesn't even need to be said. Um, but I do enjoy and love the process of watching the game with my guys, the quarterbacks, my coaches. Um, you know, that's. And I think you can ask any quarterback around the league. You know, the camaraderie in that room, um, the the passion that goes into it. Every man in that room has a job. Every man contributes in you know in different ways. And like I said, I think every player that has played the game, no matter the position, understands what I'm saying right now as far as Uh, everybody in, you know, your perspective or your your room uh, having a job and contributing, you know? Uh, So again, reiterate that, you know, there's multiple different ways to watch film and, you know, of course we all watch film. Let's not, um, that doesn't need to be questioned. Um, But it's, again, I, you know, I, I refuse to, to let my work ethic, my preparation be, um, be in question. You know, I've put an incomprehensible amount of uh, time and, and Blood, sweat, tears, and work into what I do, uh whether whether it's football or baseball. You know, people can't even comprehend the amount of time that it takes to to do two sports at a high level in college. You know, let alone do it. You know, be the first person to do it ever at, at my size. It's like I said, this is um, it's funny, but I, you know, to, to those of you out there that believe that I'd be standing here today in front of y'all without having a work ethic and without preparing, I'm, I'm honored that you think that. But um. It doesn't exist it's not it's not possible it's not possible so um that's all i have on that
1: he would go on to be asked the question of whether he's mad at the team over the homework clause that was in the contract and he declined to answer the question which of course miles means he's mad at the team yeah if you're not mad at the team there's no reason to decline to answer the question (laughs) and he should be mad at the team Everything he said that we just listened to flows from the fact that the Cardinals flagged the issue by putting the clause in the contract. There is no wheel that was spun in Michael Bidwell's office of obscure and vague contract terms that we're going to add to Kyler Murray's contract. It's there for a reason. It was there either because they think he wasn't studying hard enough. Or they feared that he would stop studying. That's Mm -hmm. one possible explanation. Or, or, and and someone explained this to me recently, it's just kind of a gratuitous thing that Bidwell wanted in there because he's paying the guy so much money. But regardless of why, it's in there for a reason. And the Cardinals knew or should have known that once it's in there, we're going to see it, and it's going to cause people to say, they must think the guy doesn't work hard enough. So we if they they think it and they're the ones who know him, why shouldn't we think it too?
0: Well, it also kind of flows from that reporting that we got from Chris Mortensen on the day of the Super Bowl, where Kyler Murray was called selfish and a finger pointer and those kinds of things. And everybody's kind of like, Whoa, where is all of this coming from? And like I think that everybody would know that like that comes from the Cardinals. Right. And so I don't necessarily know what's going on there. Or, like, why are you seemingly attacking your own quarterback? I mean, a, the day of the Super Bowl. like that's just strange. And like, it's a splash story and I get all that. And we all need to, you know, make sure people are watching our television shows. And I, I understand it from that perspective, but when you put it into the contract, then I don't understand what other possible conclusion conclusion, I should say we could all draw other than you don't think Kyler Murray is studying enough. And it's not necessarily that, you know, oh, he doesn't work at all. I think that we all know that, right, like you have to be able to work at least somewhat in order to be a quarterback in the NFL, right, in order to actually get your team to go to the playoffs. But at the same time, you can look at what the Cardinals did last year late in the season after they lose to the L.A. Rams on Monday night football. They go to Detroit and lay an absolute egg. And frankly, I, look, I don't know what he was doing that week. I'm sure he watched some film, but that looked like a completely unprepared team, including the quarterback, to go to Detroit. And lose like that, that was ridiculous. And then they looked completely lost in that playoff game that they lost to L.A. when they were here at SoFi Stadium and I was at that game. So, like, I mean, I don't know if those are the kinds of things that they were thinking about. But, again, when you put in an unprecedented clause like this into a contract, there's a reason for it.
1: Absolutely. And, look, I'm I'm hesitant – to quibble with anything that he said yesterday because again this is all the team's fault when he says there are a lot of different ways to watch film wouldn't you love to know what they are
0: yes I would. there's only (laughs) one
1: way i watch a movie there's only one way i watch a tv show i'd like to know what the different ways there are to watch film because again knowing your system and knowing your playbook is one thing as sims has said all week Kyler Murray's known the system he runs since he was a freshman in college. Knowing the intricacies of the defense that you're going to face, searching for tendencies and tells that may help you better do your job as the quarterback, that's the thing that requires effort and time, and that's the four hours per week that the Cardinals wanted. And they may have wanted more. It, they, right. they may have managed to get it nothing. down from a higher number to four. Four hours really is nothing. I just, I'm still, I'm perplexed by the fact, and I don't want to hit the Cardinals too hard because they finally did remove it. But the whole exercise is an embarrassment for a team that just can't have nice things. The day after, we see the awesome black helmet, which I love, and I ordered one of the mini versions to put down in the barn with the other collection that we have there. The day after something so awesome, we're reminded that the Cardinals is the Cardinals, and they are going (laughs) to continue to be, from time to time, dysfunctional. They've overcome the dysfunction with a team that went to the Super Bowl and almost won it, and then with a team that went to the NFC Championship game and didn't almost win it. But now they're relevant again, because they went a long time. Miles, one of the things that I used to love to say is that they had won one playoff game since the Truman administration, and that was true through 2008 when they hit their playoff run after going 9-7 and and winning the NFC West. The The win in the wild card round over the Cowboys in 98 was their only postseason victory since Harry S. Truman was the president of the United States. That's how bad that team had been. So every once in a while, we catch a reminder of the dysfunction that's baked into that team. And this all traces to them. But again, how many different ways are there to watch film? And why was there not a better explanation yesterday from Kyler, from the team, from anyone that this homework clause was removed? Like, why in the world was it dropped last night at 8 or 9 o'clock? And there's the statement from the Cardinals. After seeing the distraction it created, we removed the addendum from the contract is was clearly perceived in ways that were never intended. No, sh- our confidence in Kyler Murray is as high as it's ever been. And nothing demonstrates our belief in his ability to lead this team more than the commitment reflected in this contract, especially now that we've removed the the four hour per week homework clause. It just it just is odd that that it's happened the way it has. I, I'm I'm not faulting them for getting rid of it. I don't want to drag them for doing what I thought they needed to do. Wisdom often never comes at all. It's better that it shows up late. It's just weird that it showed up Thursday night at 9 o'clock Eastern time.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, especially when they say that, you know, when it was first reported by Ian Rappaport, they said they dropped it yesterday. And so that was hours and hours and hours after Kyler Murray had gone up to the podium and said what he said. So, like, again, like, why did it take that long for them to, like, come out and publicly say, hey, yeah, we've dropped this. Like, oops, our bad, guys. Sorry. You know, that, that's one thing. But you, you brought up, you know, there's more than one way to watch film and how he said that. It's like, but what's the best way? Because there probably right. is a best <laughs> way, right? You know, like, what's the way that Tom Brady does it? What's the way that Peyton Manning did it? What's the way that you know Aaron Rodgers or young guys that are coming up now? Your Joe Burrows of the world, your Josh Allen's, your Patrick Mahomes, your Lamar Jacksons. What's the way that they do it? Because those guys have had a lot of success, and when you go through their seasons, they don't just fall off a cliff at the end. Unless we want to talk about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, but you know that's not necessarily what we're doing right now. So. Like I think that it's not just that there's more than one way to do it. Yeah, there is. But there's a best way. And you know when we say like 4 hours in of studying a week, like Aaron Donald does that in a day and he's a defensive lineman. So like what are we talking about here? I just that the whole thing is bizarre.
2: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected.
1: a point that i made earlier this week miles one of the explanations potentially for the drop-off that we've seen each of kyler murray's three years in the nfl most notably the last two now last year the ankle injury i thought had something to do with it but all the more reason to grind film the more games that have been played by your opponent before you're getting ready to face them is more film that's out there for you to review and process and you know the best way to review film is to get a big-ass cup of coffee and have the rest of the pot ready to go because you need to be focused, you need to be vigilant, you need to be pouring over every play, and you spin it back and you watch it again. And whether you go through it all and – I look, I don't know what the best way is because it's something I've never done, but you could go through all of it by studying the defensive linemen only and then – go back and study the linebackers. I would assume that just for efficiency, you on a given play, you watch it first to see what the defensive linemen do and see if anything stands out to you. You watch what the linebackers do. You watch what the defensive backs do. You go on to the next one, and you start just actively paying attention to spot any tendencies, any trends from big picture to the most minute detail, how a guy lines up before the snap and what he does after the snap based upon where he's standing. As Sim said yesterday, where the nose tackle lines up. Because sometimes the nose tackle shades one way if it's a blitz, the other way if it isn't. One way if it's a run, the other way if it's a pass. And if you figure that out, you know, we hear from time to time goofy things like a quarterback licks his fingers before a pass play. But that's a result of film study. You don't yeah. just spontaneously figure that out. You figure it out by watching film.
0: Yes, exactly. Like the whole Ben burger, like when he had his leg in a certain way, it was exactly. obviously a run and if it was a pass. And I can't remember exactly what that was, but you're right. That, that exact, that's the exact kind of thing that comes from film study, taking the time to make sure you know exactly what's going on. And it is more difficult for a quarterback, obviously, than other positions. All right. I mean, when I was in high school and playing on the offensive line, like we're looking at the defensive line and on, like you know, VHS tapes, which is like something that's still weird that I guess I'm old enough to do. Right. But like, that's what we're looking at. And you don't necessarily need to see what's going on at the third level in the secondary, but you do kind of need to know where the linebackers tend to, to fill on the O.L., when you're talking about a run play and things like that. So that's one thing that's different for like an offensive lineman than it is a quarterback because the quarterback's got to know, all right, well, if this three technique is playing this sort of shade, well, then yeah, that's going to change what we're going to do up front. And that in turn is probably going to change where the hole is that the running back needs to hit. So you have to be able to process all of these different types of things. And like you said, there's more than one way of breaking that down, but there has to be A way that works, not just, you know, for a quarterback, but for most quarterbacks or I I don't know, there, there has to be a really good way of doing it. And for whatever reason, apparently the Cardinals felt the need to say in the contract that he has to do a better job of this.
1: You mentioned the Roethlisberger thing, and that was fascinating. It came out last year that for the entirety of his career, he had an obvious tell in shotgun formation. And it was very simple. When he was going to hand the ball off, pre-snap, he had both of his feet squared away because he's not getting ready to do anything with the football other than say, here you go. When it was going to be a pass in shotgun formation, he had one foot behind the other, as he was bracing to get the ball and drop back another couple of steps. And it was there for anyone to see. And it was a clear... Now, you didn't have a whole lot of time, but if you're watching his feet, you have enough to know, runner pass. And I I started watching old games and going through on the Game Pass feature, one after another after another. It's like, it's true. There it is. And you know what? Last year, even after it was flagged, it was still happening. And it speaks to a sloppiness on Ben's part, frankly, to allow that tell to exist. And it's amazing the Steelers have been as good as they've been when they are flagging for anyone who's paying attention and able to spot it and adjust whether they're going to run or whether they're going to pass before the ball's even snapped. And that's a tremendous advantage. So that's an example of the kind of thing... That you're looking for. You don't know what you're looking for. I think that's what's so daunting about it. Miles, when you go into it, you really don't know. I said the other day, it's needle in the haystack, and you're not even sure there's a needle in there. But I think from time and effort, and just by, if you're Peyton Manning, you discovered that one thing that makes all the difference, it's worth your time to scour over it. Actively. With a high degree of concentration and focus, looking for anything you may see that just is that eureka moment that allows you to make a big play in a big spot and maybe win a game that you would have lost. That's what everybody's looking for is that edge. And that's what more than four hours per day, not per week, but per, per day, that's what you need to do it right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, you see quarterbacks in facilities, they don't leave. Until long after most people are gone. Right. I mean, when I was covering the Rams for as long as I did, you know, I would be one of the last people to leave the facility because like that's how it works when you're writing articles and you're doing all the things that you gotta do. And Jared Goff's car would always be there, right? And like most of the other cars in the parking lot are long gone because the players they have their He may have just
1: left it there. He may have just left it there like George stop, Costanza did. Stop, See now, why why you, why
0: you gotta home. do that, man? Why you gotta do that? They won. they won the West. They won the I NFC think. Championship. It's not like he was doing nothing. I knew you. As soon as I brought up his name, I knew you were going to do something. I just knew. You know what? There's no, there's no reason for it, man. Leave Jared Goff alone. Baker Mayfield's in Carolina now, all right? So you can leave that alone, too.
1: Well, you never know what's going to happen, though. If he doesn't win the okay. starting job in Carolina, maybe they trade him to Detroit. But uh, you're right. And, and here's the thing, Miles. If Kyler Murray... Was the last guy out, that clause wouldn't have been in the contract. If you have a reputation in the building of busting your ass, things like that are completely unnecessary. There was a reason it was in there. There was a perception he wasn't putting in enough time. And as a leader of the team who holds others accountable, if your reputation is that you're not, busting your ass the way you need to, how do you expect anyone else to do it? How do you set the tone? Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, guys who walk into an organization and take the place over, and everyone all of a sudden is sitting up a little straighter, working a little harder, because you got a sheriff in town who's expecting it. Hard to expect it if you're not also doing it. That's another thing. It makes it amazing that he's accomplished what he has. If the Cardinals if the Cardinals really did do this because they have concerns about how hard he works, and if the end result is he's going to work harder, think of how much better he's going to be all around, every aspect of his game.
0: Yeah, well, they might have ticked them off enough for them to do that. So hopefully that, that's what works out. And I guess, you know, as we see this clip of DeAndre Hopkins right there, like that also was a factor. And, you know, the Cardinals not doing as well last year, and I feel like it's only fair that we point that out. DeAndre Hopkins was not healthy. I didn't play. So that that is part of it. But when you're the quarterback, you've still got to make sure your game is elevated and you're doing everything you can. Uh, let, let me ask you this, Mike, because this is something that we were kind of talking about in the text chain yesterday. What share of the blame do you feel like Kyler Murray's agent shares, if any, for all of this?
1: Well, And it's good that you point that out because I have a theory on why we found out last night that the homework clause had been removed. I think the agent is bearing the brunt of the blame as it relates to Kyler Murray and those close to him. We know his father's been heavily involved in guiding Kyler Murray's career. This is something where if you're the client, you say, how the hell did you let this happen? You represent the head coach. I said this When it first came up, you got Eric Burkhardt, who represents Cliff Kingsbury, and Kyler Murray. There's got to be a way to come up with a plan to convince Michael Bidwell that this doesn't need to be in the contract, that this is going to create a mess for everybody. Hey, Michael, don't you realize that once this gets filed with the league and the union, it's going to be out there? And you could say, well... We were never going to convince him of that. Well, did you try to convince him of that? I think somebody in the organization would know how to properly deal with tiptoeing toward the emperor's throne and convincing him or setting it up in a way that it's his idea. That's what you have to do sometimes with folks who run these organizations. You have to make it look like they're the ones who thought of it, even though it's an idea that you planted by the way that you set the facts in front of him. But regardless... That's the agent's job, to protect the player in all respects. And it is a failure by the agent to allow that to happen, to allow that to be in there, to allow this to go forward and create the embarrassment for his client. And, Miles, look, I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit. Now, I'm not reporting. I'm not reporting. I'm just sharing the information that has come to me over the course of the past 12 to 15 hours. There's real talk out there that, Kyler Murray's going to fire Eric Burkhart. And I heard that yesterday late afternoon. And is it a coincidence that that talk's getting around and we find out last night, 8, 9 o'clock Eastern time, that the Cardinals ditched the clause? No, because here's what happens. The Cardinals don't want him to hire a new agent because if he hires a new agent, the new Mm -hmm. agent doesn't make a penny until Kyler gets a new contract. Mm -hmm. Burkhart's earned the fee for the contract that was signed on Monday. New agent is working for free until Kyler gets new contract. So you couple that with the fact that Kyler's pissed off at the team and may go back to the team after 22 or 23 or at the latest 24 and say, F you pay me, you got a problem if you're the Cardinals. So at this point, everybody wants the status quo. Everybody wants the problem to go away. And I think that's why we found out last night that the clause is gone. And that's why I'm reluctant to believe that it happened on Wednesday and for some reason was kept quiet until Thursday night. I think there's a chance that it was fire drill time and they mobilized to fix this before Kyler Murray would fire his agent
0: a chance that it was a fire drill time. I mean, this was a five alarm fire by the time this got out. Right. So like, heck yeah, it, it should have been fire drill time. I don't think that Well, I, with one thing the Cardinals said in that statement that I believe, like they had no idea the firestorm that this would create obviously, because otherwise they never would have put that thing in there, but I still don't really understand what you would think an unprecedented clause in the contract would do aside from make us all think that you need to make him study more and that he has some sort of work ethic problem. And so like, I I get why Kyler Murray would be extremely ticked off at his agent for something like this and allowing him to sign something like this, that the agent should have known was unprecedented. Right. And like, I mean, one of the things that you said in the texting yesterday was like, well, if he doesn't sign it, then the Cardinals could leak like, Hey, look how much money per year he turned down. And you know, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. He would have been like the second highest paid quarterback in the league. But I think if you take it there, then it's like, well, we know Eric Burkhart can write the hell out of the statement, man. And like you put out there that, look, this is what they asked us to do. And this is unprecedented. And, you know, Don Draper said it. If you don't like what people are saying, change the conversation. That's how you change the conversation. And I feel like people would have been against the Cardinals with that because again, like you're questioning his work ethic, and look at what he's done for you. So I, I see why Kyler Murray could perceive this as a failure, as a complete and total failure by his agent.
1: Yeah, and I think that another single spaced, unabomber manifesto wasn't the way to get the message out there. And by well, then, no. it may have been too late. <laughs> because look, I that was the concern. If Kyler Murray says, "I'm not." Signing this contract with a homework clause in it, and the Cardinals say well fine you 're not getting it then Kyler 's got to play for five million this year, and remember his good buddy Baker Mayfield had his career completely derail without his second contract because of a week two shoulder injury and He's still waiting for a second contract and may not get one until after the season. And even then, who the hell knows when he could have right. had $30 million a year last year if he had taken it. And I'm not saying he should have. But the point is, there's an injury risk that you want to shift to the team. So you're going to go forward with $5 million a year and turn down 46-1. They're going to leak it. And they're not just going to leak he walked away from 46-1, Miles. They are going to leak... He did it because he refuses to commit to work more than four hours. Per, we only asked for four hours. He refuses to commit? Are you kidding me? The guy doesn't want to put in four hours? So the story was getting out anyway. Yeah. I think that's why, at the end of the day, they just decided to sign it. But but it just underscores the importance of having an agent. And I, 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 I'm not being cr- – look, this is unprecedented. So there was no manual for anyone to resort to. In hindsight, obviously, the agent should have been the one to make sure that people in the Cardinals organization realized what was going to happen once the clause got out. And and there, there should have been a lot of I told you so at a minimum if he was telling Steve Keim, Cliff Kingsbury, Michael Bidwell, anyone in the organization. If you insist on this clause – You're going to make Kyler look bad. You're going to make yourselves look worse. Do you not understand the pile of crap you're about to step into? And it's pass-fail. You either convince him to take it out or you don't. And he failed to convince him to take it out. And that may result in Kyler Murray having a new agent.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think that there's reason for it because, well, like I said at the top of this, you know, when Kyler Murray feels like his work ethic is being questioned, I understand why that gets under his skin the way it did. I understand the need to feel like you've got to go out there and defend yourself. You know, listing your credentials, we can go back and forth on whether that was a good strategy or not. I don't know. But I feel like there is... A real sense that it, that he needed to say something. right? And frankly, I think that somebody from the Cardinal's front office should have also gotten out there and said something aside from this like two, three sentence statement, whatever it was. right. And they need to give Kyler Murray a public apology. Because it's not just that, you know, uh, people in the media are questioning his work ethic via, you know, unnamed sources or this and that. Like, no, dude, that was literally in a contract that he signed and he signed it because the Cardinals wanted that in there. So if we're going to believe that the Cardinals don't have concerns about Kyler Murray's work ethic, whether it's from the past or whether it's something they, they feared for in the future. And we have to hear something more, I believe, from that front office.
1: And I said this yesterday. I wrote about it at PFT. And every once in a while, I stumble into a situation where it kind of looks like if you just squint your eyes enough, it looks like I know what I'm talking about. I think there's a potential. I think there's a potential for the kind of a fracture between player and team that can't be repaired. And it's just a matter of time before Uh Kyler Murray is gone. And in the aftermath of the most recent Seahawks contract signed by Russell Wilson, I heard enough to make me think that that's it. He's not signed another contract there. They're not going to keep paying him market value. It's not going to be sustainable, and he's going to be traded at some point. Everybody said, you're crazy, you're nuts. And I'm not ready to say it's definitely going to happen with Kyler, but there's enough there to put... The team that created this mess on notice that, as you said, Miles, a statement issued on a Thursday night isn't going to be enough to fix it. It may take the old Donovan McNabb financial apology eventually to fix this thing. If, for example, Kyler Murray comes out and performs at a high level and is putting in all the time that's necessary and doesn't have the team... Disintegrate down the stretch and gets to the playoff and wins a game or two. That's the kind of thing that maybe should force the Cardinals to make the ultimate gesture, which is give the guy even more money than they already did. And that plays out over the course of the next year or two. And it's something to watch because he's clearly pissed. And the way that this has gone is an indictment of, frankly, the overall structure of how the Cardinals make their decisions and and communicate their decisions. And I'm reluctant to say it because Mark Dalton is a great PR person, and I don't think these are decisions he's made. He's just put in a bad spot where he's got to try to clean up the mess. But I just think it's a full organizational failure by the Cardinals. And this should be the final day of a happy week for for a team that – has its franchise quarterback paid its franchise quarterback and goes forward with optimism and those awesome black helmets? And instead, it's it's been it's been a week so bad that we quit talking about the Browns. That's how bad of a week it's been for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, you just had to say that. You you said that oh, yeah. because it's me and I'm gonna like oh, yeah. move past yes. that and just go with what I was trying, go with what I was initially going to say, which is that there's this weird stuff that goes on with the Cardinals sometimes. Like when they announced those extensions for Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime, like, my first reaction was through the what? The 2027 season? Like, what are we doing down there? I I, I mean, like, you know, I, are you really convinced after seeing what we saw last year and the way that they collapsed and the way that they were completely uncompetitive against the Los Angeles Rams, a division rival and the third time that you see them? I just uh, like 2027. Oh gosh, man. I don't know. And like, you know, losing teams stay losing sometimes for a reason. So I, I don't know what it is down there. I hope they get it right. Cause I, I want to see Kyler Murray do well. I think it'd be good for the league. Like the dude's a really exciting player. He's he has the potential to be great, obviously, but you know, I, I the way, the way things are running right now, the simple fact that we're talking about like, Oh my gosh, like does Kyler Murray have a work ethic? Because the Cardinals put that in a contract, and it's now this unprecedented thing that we've spent a week talking about? That, that's weird. It, it, it's just some weird stuff going on down there in the desert, man. I don't know.
1: It all flows from the top. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it all flows from ownership. The good organizations and the bad organizations. The decisions that are made one at a time, day after day, that that either build a solid brick wall, or it's just a bunch of bricks lit, that are just laying all over the place. It's ownership. It's the tone that is set, the decisions that are made, the manner in which the ship is guided through the waters, whether they are calm or choppy. And they took calm waters and made them choppy with this clause. So it's a lesson for everyone else. And I suspect that we will never again be talking about a homework clause in any franchise quarterback contract ever after the example created this week. ...by the Cardinals. Meanwhile, and the NFC West has become the fountain of news this week. Yesterday late afternoon, DK Metcalf and the Seahawks agreed to a three-year, $72 million extension. We have the full breakdown of the details of the deal at PFT. $30 million signing bonus. That's a record for receivers. He'll have $43 million cash in hand by May Mm. 15 of 2023. Mm. And most importantly, Miles, this isn't one of those deals with a bunch of phony baloney BS on the back end that ties the guy to the team until he's 32 years old. It's a three-year extension on a one-year commitment. He's got four years, and he's back at it again. He's a free agent, or he gets a contract extension before then. He's still going to be in his prime when this contract is ready to be renegotiated or expires.
0: Well, it's one of those deals where, you know, it's a win-win, right? You know, you, you get the team, you know, you have your best receiver, one of the top receivers in the NFL. I don't think that, you know, I'm saying anything out of school when I say that. You know, I, he really is really, really good. And he made Russell Wilson look great. So I feel like when you got somebody like DK Metcalf, that's the type of thing that you want to do. You draft, you develop. You reward. That's the way it should be. And so the fact that Metcalf, you know, gets a new contract will probably get a new contract when he's still in his prime. That's great for him. And if you're the Seahawks, you have somebody who can help you uplift the offense when you're going to have ostensibly Geno Smith or Drew Locke be your starting quarterback, because frankly, they're going to need that.
1: And they're also going to need, now that they have D.K. Metcalf, an offense that more creatively gets the ball in his hands, more so than just run your pass route, and if you're open, the quarterback will throw it to you. Use him like Debo Samuel. Put him in the backfield. Jet sweeps, bubble screens, quick passes, ways to ensure that he has the ball and can take off with it and start running past or around or through people with that incredible physique that he has. But now that you're paying him, I think it's important to use him. And something I thought of, Miles, as you were talking just now about him becoming a free agent again, or at for the first time when he's 27 because he didn't become a free agent, obviously. I, right. I wonder whether or not Pete Carroll and John Schneider were willing to do a three-year extension when most teams would insist on something more than that, a longer commitment. We're giving you all this money up front. We need more years to spread it out. We we want you for more years beyond that. We want to have the benefit of that fourth and fifth year of the extension if you're still playing at a high level. Because even if you tear up those last two years, when you only do a three-year extension, he's under contract for four years, you're back in a spot where you got to figure out what you're going to do with DK Metcalf. After two or three years, he can put the squeeze on you after only three more years. What if you really bought? Yeah. Here's my theory. And it's not just crazy, what the hell are you talking about? It meshes with another story that's been percolating about the Seahawks. They're going to be for sale sooner rather than later, I believe. Now, if they're sold yeah. before May 1 of 2024, the state of Washington gets 10% of the proceeds, which means they're not going to be sold before May 1 of 2024. But this contract to me, kind of has a little bit of a the next owner can figure out what to do with DK Metcalf vibe to it. And maybe at some point in the next four years, th- there's going to be a new owner for the team. I, I, that's what I read into this, that it would have been a four-year extension. Why wouldn't it have been a four-year extension? I think within the next four years, I think this contract may be the clue that in the next four years there's going to be a new owner of the Seattle Seahawks.
0: Didn't didn't they already? Well, I guess they said that the Seahawks aren't for sale right now. But wasn't the now. statement that it was right now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the I third think it has paragraph. That Every,
1: everybody, yeah. everybody read. Everybody read the first paragraph and said, "Oh, they're not for sale." Then you read the third paragraph. It's like, "Oh God, they're going to be for sale." It's just a question right. of when. Yes, and it's and exactly. when when is after May 1 of 2024 so they don't have to give 10% I mean think about it, they get six billion for the team you want to write a check for 600 million to the state of Washington Hell no. <laughs> so uh, yeah it's, it's 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 the clock is ticking and I think that contract is a weird kind of a backhanded clue because why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you ask for a fourth year? Because again, if you get a fourth year and he's under a contract for five years, you get four years before you're back in a spot where the heat's on you to pay him again. It's just like the Dak Prescott yeah. deal. The Cowboys are going to be right back at it, and Prescott managed to get the leverage that allowed him to insist on a four-year deal. Um, but but it 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 accelerates the timeline that you have to deal with it again. My point is, by the time they have to deal with it again, it's not going to be Carolyn Schneider that has to deal with it. It's not going to be Jody Allen price. that has to deal with it. It's going to be whoever ends up buying that team. For five, six billion dollars.
0: Yeah, I I was going to bring that up too. I mean, Pete Carroll's age, obviously, like it's it's a thing. You know, we got the oldest head coach in the NFL up there, so I I don't think that that's a non-factor when you're talking about players and you know the way that they are going to be under contract or are not going to be under contract. I mean, like Pete Pete Carroll's not going to coach forever. I mean, he still has a youthful energy and a youthful vibe about him, and I don't think he's, like, going to be gone, like, tomorrow, but, like –
1: And you and, and a youthful had a blonde hair all of a sudden, too.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure you noticed that. Hey, hey, did you see Russell Wilson on Twitter? Oh, congratulations, DK. I would have told him to kick rocks, man. Get out of here. You won't <laughs> believe.
1: I made you look well, good,
0: and you're gone. So get out of here. Like, <laughs> send me a text privately. It doesn't have to be that public corny. It – It wasn't
1: that long – man, it wasn't that long ago that Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf were openly talking about, like, setting the record for the most touchdowns ever by a quarterback and a receiver. Isn't it funny how that just goes out the window?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it sure is. Oh, yeah. You're just sending me congrats all the way from Denver. I hope it snows on your house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mo. Wow. It will eventually because he – he lives in Denver, and we know that in Denver it can snow one day and be 80 degrees the next day in June. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah there, will be, there will be snow on that $25 million mansion <laughs> that Russell Wilson purchased in Denver, and uh, he'll eventually be able to purchase another one wherever he wants. There it is. Cool. You deserve uh, it all, bro. Love well, you, man.
0: God yeah, is whatever. Good.
1: Uh, let's take a break. Training camp has just begun, but the Bucks might have already suffered a significant blow to their offensive line. We'll discuss that and much more when this Friday edition of PFT Live continues right after this.
2: Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more.